Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. It is April the 29th, and I have a very interesting uh, little news story I want to share with everybody. All right. Oh, we've received very nice, actually, an email, too. Let mm-hmm. me find that. that. Where is that? Where is that? Here it is. Okay, we'll read that one in a second. But mm-hmm. the uh, there was a um, report that came out that was showing what all the predictions were for 2021 home price appreciation from everywhere from Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae, National Association of Realtors, National Bankers Association. Now, you guys get the list. It was quite a list. And they're all, um, they said what they are expected, you know, home rate of appreciation would be in 2021. And they were all wrong by like a crap ton. Uh, in essence, they're- is, is that a specific number? Yeah, by like half. They're, they're off massively. So what they were expecting to happen is basically one was, you know, I'll just pick on, I forgot what it was, maybe NAR or something, where they said it was going to be 6%, but it's already been like 8% and it's not even May 1st yet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we're looking at another double digit year for national home appreciation. You know, you got to kind of take that for with a grain of salt though, because it's, I remember when you and I sold real estate in Ohio, uh, the <laughs> locals would read the uh, about the real estate appreciating on the coasts and, and would think there was a national market. And somehow that meant that yeah, it was also going to make the houses in Columbus appreciate at double digits. And never was that the case. But the moral of the story is, is that there is national appreciation of what appears to be at least 10% this year. So that's really, truly extraordinary. And um, yeah, so... Be thankful you're in real estate, and if you're a listing agent, be extra thankful that you listened to us years ago about learning how to become a listing agent. And I'll say this as well. Julie and I, and you guys can listen back to the podcast we've been doing since really the middle of last year. Well, I would say really third quarter of last year. We are predicting that 2021 and 2022 and 2023 were going to be banner years for real estate. It was so obvious when you just look at all the essentially all the things that were uh, going to happen post-COVID, and, and they're all happening. Matter of fact, they're happening at, at higher levels with more intensity than either Julie and I had anticipated. And uh, we're going to do another podcast because uh, Dottie, or I'm sorry, David Dottie, who uh, Julie's about to read his email, he uh, is inspiring me to go back and um, really polish up our uh, previous podcast we did. And Julie, why don't you go ahead and read that email from yes, him? Yes, this is from David as to you. Tim, I'm blown away by you guys. I'm so glad a friend shared your podcast with me in January. Note to self, please share podcast. Okay, <laughs> I listen because of the scripts and real world help that goes beyond just mindset. I'm a better agent as a result, especially after signing up as a premier member, that's our premier coaching program, and getting the pre-listing package finished. Excellent work, David. Uh, What I find most helpful is the market trend information you tend to share, such as why the current seller's market is likely to continue for several more years. Could you squeeze in an interview with someone to drill down more on that? If not, I'll listen anyway. Laugh out loud. Thank you again, and God bless. And God bless you, David. Thanks for your email. So, David, it would be a thousand times easier if Julie and I just start doing interviews in our podcast. But the reason we don't is because everyone comes with an agenda and sometimes they don't let their agendas uh, be known until we're about halfway through the interview. And then I start hearing them spout off Mickey Mouse. That's uh, again, it's it's agenda driven. 
And I've been put in a situation on more than one occasion where I won't run the interview after that because they lied to me about having a specific, you know, they might come and start talking about um, some specific bend towards uh, lead generation or something that where they're trying to sell some product. And they're just trying to be, you know, crafty about it. And unfortunately, when you have economists, they, they too have their biases, though not necessarily for commercial gain. Their biases might have something to do with a political agenda. So when, when Julie and I put our podcast to, together, we intentionally try to take as much information that is unbiased as we can. Now, we too have natural biases, obviously. And so we have to take that into consideration as well. Um, but yes, David, you have inspired me to go back and I'm going to do, um, Julie and I will actually work on dusting off the reasons why we do think the next probably three to five years is going to be the best market ever, but not for everyone. I mean, now we're not talking homeowners here. I'm talking agents. If you're a buyer's agent, the next three to five years is going to be a, you know, it's going to be a very long, cold winter. And that's the only way to look at it. ugly. Yeah. I'm listening to our past podcasts and I receive emails every day and texts every day from agents of differing experience levels. And the ones that are new in the business, those are the ones I always feel the most sorry for you guys because you are given so much crappy information when you get into uh, real estate and the branding, um, marketing, you know, that whole drumbeat is louder than it's ever been before. It really is to be avoided. And you know, Julie, I had an epiphany today actually when I was responding to somebody. Mm -hmm. um, so advertising, let's just look at the word advertising. Mm -hmm. When did advertising morph into the word branding and why did it morph mm -hmm. into the word branding? Question. Well, I thought about it because mm -hmm. I was, again, I've been getting a lot of tons of agents get into the business or tons of agents re-engage in the business. Uh, this time of year. And then they're all basically being seduced by these people that are trying to convince them that they need all this branding. Well, it is, they call it branding now. They don't call it mark or advertising anymore. They sort of call it advertising, but always it's branding. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the reason why. Mm -hmm. It's because advertising for decades, you'd never be able to really hold it accountable. In other words, you couldn't directly, and that's the advertisers loved it that way, right? Sure. You run this ad and uh, you, know, you couldn't actually ask the advertiser to prove that you had any leads, let alone closable transactions from said ad. And they know you couldn't, but they still convinced you to do it mostly out of you know fear of missing out or scarcity, both um, emotional reasons, not analytically driven, profit-minded uh, decision-making reasons, right? So then came around internet marketing, specifically with Google, and then there were analytics, and then you could start uh, tracking things like clicks and click-throughs and whether that person bought, and then you had this little code that you could put on you know, things that tr actually m prove that, okay, I ran an ad here that, you know, Bob clicked on the ad off that, you know, advertisement. And then Bob then went through my website. Bob was then in my system for a certain number of days. Then Bob just, you know, decided to engage and buy whatever it is I was trying to sell Bob, right? So internet uh, technology made it so advertising could be held accountable. Advertising doesn't want to be held accountable because advertising can't be sold to anybody if it's held accountable because it doesn't take long for people to realize uh, or ask the question, well, if I spend this money with you, XYZ uh, advertising company, wouldn't I see the rate of return? And by the way, I can actually uh, empirically track on Google how long it's going to take me to see a rate of return and what my actual cash on cash return is going to be. And Mr. Advertiser, you can't do that. So what happened is the advertisers wised up to it. And so then they shifted their focus from saying they were selling ads, really, to now selling branding. And now Google will tell you that they're selling ads, again, for reasons I just stated. But now all these guys that would have previously been trying to sell you ads now sell branding. And branding, just like advertising, can't be held accountable 
uh, for definable results. And so it is nothing more than a different flavor of snake oil that's coming out. Uh, you know, basically it's the evolution of the advertising industry and it can't be tracked. And as long as it can't be tracked, then it can't be held accountable. And if it can't be held accountable, then you won't be able to actually determine and ascertain whether or not it was an expense worth having. Hopefully this all makes sense to you, but I'll tell you what the real conclusion to what I just said to you is maybe consider not really participating in any of it because in uh, real estate, in the real estate industry, you actually don't need to do any branding because your sold sign does the branding for you. What you need to learn how to do and what you all should embrace is the idea that you learn how to be a proactive lead generator. You learn the scripts and how to say things and actually how to be a salesperson that you know you as the best version of a salesperson or your best version of a salesperson. You guys get the gist of what I'm saying. You know, There's no like you have to be this level of salesperson. It's you as the best version. And that's only gonna come from you learning scripts and you learning following a system and you knowing that every single day that you wake up, you can set one or two listing appointments, which is what we teach you in our premier coaching program versus what I'm seeing being taught today. For example, Julie, I was watching something else the other day, or maybe I caught it on Inman. Mm -hmm. There's yet another, you know, this whole TikTok thing. And I'm watching this video of this guy who's probably maybe close to our age. Mm -hmm. And if I'm being honest, he's looking like he maybe should be losing a little, you know, I'm saying this, you know, he's, you understand <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. So he's dancing around this house, dancing around this house, this grown ass man wearing a, a blazer, by the way, which was interesting. And as he's showing this house mm -hmm. to, to some sort of like music that probably his kids are smart enough not even to listen to. And this is a TikTok video. And this is what yeah. he is being told by the marketing Ugh. branding oh, gurus God. that he's supposed to be doing. He never stopped to think, well, A, that you look like Maybe you might be insane. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, maybe maybe you need to cut down on the caffeine and you know. Okay. There's that. <laughs> but then, dribble. but then also actually, let's drill down. He was actually doing this ridiculousness, making himself look somewhat like a fool, in my opinion. Um, advertising a more expensive house, if I remember correctly, it was like two million dollars. But hey, guess what, Bob? We'll call him Bob. It's always poor Bob. Poor Bob. Uh, do you realize that the average TikTok demographic is like a nine-year-old? I mean, do we really have we ever yeah. spent the time to actually think about? the Mickey Mouse that uh, we're actually being believing that is true. And I was thinking the whole time I was watching this, I had pity for this guy because mm -hmm. I was watching this video and I was thinking to myself, he probably had to get the courage up for like three months to even do this video in the first place. Yeah. And, and he has had a whole bunch of people telling him that that's what he has to do if he's going to succeed. And now he's, you know, essentially making a TikTok video and, and there it is. And he's not going to get anything from it. And when he doesn't get anything from it, the marketing guru, the branding guru that he got this great advice from is going to say, hey, guess what, Bob, you need to do more Then you need to do, do more. And then Bob's going to spend all of his time just essentially funneling down this little narcissistic nightmare of thinking that he's not good enough uh, for real estate because he's not getting any leads off TikTok. You guys get the insanity <laughs> of all this? Insane. Right. And whereas, I, 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 would, I would go further than that. I bet, you know, a couple sellers might even fire somebody like that over that. Was that their expectation when you signed up for that? I, I, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't I understand. Don't I, it's just, it's, it's business naivete is really what it is. Yeah. And you do have to have compassion for that guy. 
because I'm sure he was sold on it. He probably believes with all of his heart and soul that that's going to work. Well, getting back to my point, though, all these people getting into business, when you say new realtor, people sort of intuitively think somebody in their 20s. But the case is there are lots of older yeah. people mm-hmm. that are getting into real estate because they're of COVID, basically. They're made, yeah. you know, all kinds of financial reasons, but mostly because people are, I think, for the, are looking for uh, a little bit more financial stability and want to actually move towards having financial independence. And they're realizing the best way for them to do that is, is you know, get into real estate, which is probably sure, for most of Sure, plus the market's hot and people believe that it's easy. Yeah, well, probably, for sure. I mean, well, opportunity seekers. We seeker do get type. more licensees when it's, you know, bubbling like this. Right, more opportunity seeker yeah. types is what we're talking mm-hmm. about. But if that, if, if Bob would have taken probably, a, you know, half the time that he took to get the courage up to make that inappropriate video, if he would have actually taken the time to say, for example, learn how to be a proactive lead generator, he would have been so much happier getting results so much faster. And as the world, and you guys have to see this, you have to see it opportunistically to a certain perspective because if all of your competitors are gravitating towards these passive, non-effective things, and I'm this is not necessarily a humanistic way of thinking of it, this is a competitive way of thinking of it, you have to realize you have to gravitate the opposite direction. So if everyone's doing TikTok videos, hoping that somehow that's going to impress enough sellers that the sellers are going to say, damn, Bob, I love the way you dance. Come out and interview. As <laughs> if, but okay. Exactly, right? Uh, then you have to realize, again, being opportunistic and hopefully having uh, getting your business smarts up here by listening to us and maybe reading our book, Harris Rules, uh, you need to go the opposite direction. And you need to start learning how to do the real proactively generation stuff, the real work of real estate. And when you do everything you want in real estate, everything you want in life, uh, you know, certainly financially, is on the other side of doing what other people aren't willing to do. And, and now you've got to even gravitate back towards old Bob dancing around this house. So why is he actually doing that? What is it that, why is it he, what, what in his mind is going on that he actually thinks that that's going to generate business for him? Now, Maybe he just is completely a business a naive person, doesn't have any real clue about how you know buyers and sellers go about making decisions. Okay, that's fine. We're going to leave that on the table. But the real reason, in my opinion, having done this for a long time, is because he knows that there is proactive lead generation, but he's just not ready yet to push past his fear of essentially learning how to do it and then actually doing it. And that fear, that psychological fear of actually picking up the phone, for example, and learning how to be a proactive lead generator causes billions and billions of dollars. And frankly, you know, billions and billions of dollars and wasted of dollars, but being spent on gimmicks just to paper over the, uh, the sheer fact that the people who actually want to survive long-term in this business learn how to proactively lead generate, know how to pre-qualify, know how to present, know how to you know, negotiate, actually know how to be real salespeople. So you've got to make your decision. You've got to make your uh, you know, decision now where you want to be in 12 months, let alone 24 months. And if you cannot, if you're thinking about spending money on something, spend money on something that's proven to, you know, at least give you a 5x, 10x, 20x return on your investment. Don't do anything this time of year, which isn't going to put you in a position to help people make money for you in the next 60 to 90 days. In this market, like we started out by talking about today, it's almost certainly going to be working how, learning how to uh, master the art and science of working with sellers. Yeah, and I have to tell you, Tim, being, you know, running the whole premier coaching Facebook live sessions every day and getting to know our clients really well, and in some cases, even listening to their proactive lead generation calls for listings, you know, it's so interesting to see the difference between the mindset of somebody who's never done it before 
versus the guys who are learning to do it versus the ones who are now successful at it, right? And to see a very specific mindset change as they go through that. And I'm just so proud of our, our coaching clients that are, I mean, I listen to these calls and they're, they, they start out a little awkward and you can kind of tell that they're using scripts and then like, it doesn't take that many calls, 10 one, or 15 later and they're getting smooth. But here's the crazy thing yeah. is the ones that get it the fastest mm-hmm. are the ones that have been in the business the least amount of time. Yes. Because the ones that have been in the business for the longest period of time who have tried all these other gimmicks are, it's almost like their egos are fearful of admitting that they had been fooled by into doing all these gimmicks. Yeah. And if the actual prospecting proactively generation works, that means their past it, self it makes was, them wrong. Somehow. It makes them wrong. Yeah. And, and it is an ego thing. It, it is. And that it is. And not everybody can deal out. with that. I mean, some people no. get stuck in that. It's almost like they're in some kind of addictive habit of going from one thing to the next, wanting to believe it every time. But I have to say, I, I mean, when I listen to these calls, yes, they're using, I mean, a script is a series of questions designed to make it easier for you to close. But by, I don't know, I, everybody's a little bit different, but 25 or 30 calls in, I, I, who teach scripts and you who teach scripts, can't even tell as much because the the questions are woven into the conversation. That's right. They're having a nice, I, I listen to all kinds of different calls, but they're, they're having a really nice civilized conversation, okay, that leads to an appointment. They confirm the appointment. And I, I just think that person's mindset is so different than the one who's like, oh, I'm going to try this and I'm going to try that. And that didn't work because I tried to call up for sale by owner once and they were mean to me. You know, it's like a completely different person. Well, but all, what happens the longer someone's in real mm-hmm. estate is they don't, they're not actually, I tried to call up for sale by owner and they were mean to me. No, you didn't. Yeah, you you heard true. that from another realtor who says they did. Which is worse. But yeah. they didn't either. They heard it from another realtor. Or they heard it from another yeah. realtor. So all these bad, uh, you know, vibes started God knows when for whatever you know particular years reason. years ago. Right, exactly. And and you guys will say, oh, shit, I don't want to have that bad experience. Or I don't want to actually learn. But you put in a situation where I'm going to have to, you know, know what to say and how to say it. I'd much rather just do something passive and hoping and praying my, my ability to entertain and my, you know, beautiful dance moves yeah. or something I was going to seduce people to want to, you know, have me list their house. That type of insanity. You've got to see it for what it is. You have got to realize that, look, if you, <laughs> Julie was looking for a doctor uh, for us to have uh, colonoscopies done now that we're 50, right? And you're supposed to have those damn things done every five years. So we're looking, she's calling and she's found doctor's insurance and all the rest of it. I was just thinking as she, and she's asking for referrals from other doctors. I was just thinking how funny it would have been if I'd walked into Julie's office and watch her watching TikTok videos of doctors that do that procedure <laughs> right. and then deciding, I mean, can you even imagine? Or anything else. Choose your profession, right. dental work. You know, I mean, honestly, unless you're actually looking for a dance class and this is a hip hop <laughs> guy that knows that, that's fine. That's fine if that's what you're looking for. Huh. But that's like, it doesn't even make the list of how to find somebody. It just doesn't. And people are celebrating it too. That's the thing. Oh, good job. Well, it's you're because, really... it, you know, it looks like it's a lot more fun. Well, I it, guess. It, it's, it's entertaining. It, it's like a cult, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the social networking lead generation thing, it defends itself because it doesn't want to admit it's wrong, even yeah. though there's actually no real... Uh, you know, there's no way to prove whether it's working or not, right? I know. And, and then you ask one of these agents, you'll ask them, well, where, how many transactions did you do? Um, you know, they always like to, you know, they're all puffy and they're always like, well, did you see this? And I have this many followers and I have this many. Okay, how many transactions did you do last year? Well, I did eight. Well, eight's better than nothing, especially if you have a decent sale price. So let's talk about where those eight come from. Oh, they all came from my whatever, social networking, this, that, and the other thing. Okay, well, let's drill down on it. Tell me about the first one. One, two, three Elm Street. 
so who are those people? They're the Smiths. Okay, so um, how did you know the Smiths other than your Instagram videos? Well, they're my old neighbors. Oh, okay, got it. Right, you already had the connection. Okay, so let's go on to the next one. Um, well, then there's you know there's the Josephs. Okay, the Josephs, and uh, they were a buyer. Great, and and so um, and where did they come from? And then you're going to rationalize. You're going to tell me, well, they came from Instagram, and I did this really cool TikTok video with my cat. Okay, cool. But so other than that, how did you know these folks? And then you'll discover that they used to go to church together. You guys get the point? And they met him at an open house. Right. So something, you know, completely normal that you could be doing a lot more of. Which wouldn't cost you anything, let alone long-term dubious embarrassment. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway. All right. Well, that, that was not our exact plan. I think we need to do this, the following three points tomorrow, probably. No, well, let's finish them up today. Can... Yeah, yeah, we can easily. Let's just finish these up today. All right. All right, so the topic that well, we Well, it started... is all related, being proactive and all. Well, but Julie, look, I don't mind going off on flights of fancy and talking the truth about... No, it is the truth. They need to hear it. It is. Because it... they're being sold everything at every step oh, all the time. By the way, did you see your new homepage? I did. It's awesome. Yeah. Isn't it awesome? Yeah. Trevor's really good. So are you finally ready to become a listing agent? And this is part three. I had to remember the title. So you're finally ready to become a listing agent, part three. And this is really where... And if, you, if you're not yet 100% convinced that you need to become a listing agent, go back and listen to all of our past podcasts. Uh, if if you're again if you're returning to the business if you're new in the business um, if you're deciding you want to take your existing business to the next level unless you're in a market where there isn't uh, a really crazy seller's market I would strongly suggest that you definitely uh, put all your best energies on focusing on listings the buyer into the business is going to become harder and harder over this continuation of this historic unprecedented seller's market just if you don't believe me, go back and listen to our past podcast. We lay it out uh, for you point by point. Listen to the podcast really for the past maybe maybe month. And you're really going to be clear about why you need to be focusing on being a listing agent. You don't need to wait for um, you to sell a bunch of this. And again, this is another mistake that a lot of people make. And we will get to these last three points, right? Is you you get into the real estate business. And what is what is the... Uh, the uh, gray beards tell you, and now that I have a gray beard, so I just know this is <laughs> this gray beard won't tell you that. But here's here's what they'll tell you: you have to work with buyers, and then you you know you work you you painfully go through giving up your nights and your weekends working with buyers, and then over time those buyers will move out of those houses. They'll need to move up, and then at that point, then you're going to be able to sell their houses, and that's how you become a listing agent. So the way that most of you are taught to believe is that you have to delay becoming a listing agent sometime for like years and years and years. And then they'll say, well, the average person's in the house for five to seven years, and if it's a first-time home buyer, it might be three to five years, and that's when you're going to start getting listings. So suck it up, buttercup. Your life's really going to suck working with buyers for the next three to five years. That you do not have to do any that you can go directly working with sellers. I and get that exact question on our premier coach. We get it every day. All the time. I mean, like exactly laid out as you did it and followed with. And when I ask my broker, office manager, Mentor, other agents, guru. I get no support trying to be a listing agent. Right. Is that okay? I mean, well, I'm glad they came to our session to ask, you know, from the truth. But listen, here's yeah. why. Mm -hmm. So if you got, and I remember when you and I got into the business sure. and we decided to become listing agents mm -hmm. right out of the gates and yep. we sold in our first year over 103 houses, mm -hmm. but the agents who are in our office of Remax North yep. were pissed at us I know. because we didn't follow the same painful path that they had to. Exactly. And they, we, we're new agents and Julie and I look like we had a combined age of probably about 12. <laughs> and why would we think that we have the right to not have to 
uh, pass Grind through the fires of Modor and work with buyers endlessly before we're allowed to become listing agents. How dare we think that somehow we are, uh, you know, not going to have to suffer like they did. That was what the mindset was. And it still is. Mm-hmm. That's the insanity of it all. And that's from 25 years ago. So you guys got to be really sensitive to the fact that most people giving you advice aren't doing it to hurt you. It's just that they themselves have never realized that the advice that they received, that's the advice they're passing along to you, is terrible. And that also goes true with people that are supposed coaches and trainers. Same thing. They don't know any better because they've never taken the time to learn any better. So what they're doing is they're passing on to you bad business practices. And you got to open your mind to it and ultimately take responsibility. A great place to start, by the way, is reading our book, Harris Rules. All right, try to say nothing more that's going to trigger me into another diatribe. Silence. Well, the last three points are pretty easy. They are right out of the seller pre-qualification script. Your job is to point number eight, find out are they listing and buying or just listing? Your conversation could be dramatically different regarding strategy, etc. Is there a referral needed to where they're moving to? Are they already in contract on something? Are they building? Do they have time? Do they have no time? If you show up to a listing and you don't know that, it could be hours if they even allow you around long enough to sort all that stuff out. Okay, I got to tell another story. Sorry. Okay. All right, new coaching client. Yes. And he insisted signing up with me. So he did. He did. Exactly. (laughs) Brian. And if you're listening, Brian, well, this is for you. So he's taking four listings. Mm -hmm. He he used to prospect, got away from prospecting, going back to prospecting. And now he's starting to take listings again. So he's got four listings going active. And I asked what his plan was to sell every single one of his listings. Mm -hmm. Remember, he's new. This is third call. He had no plan. Yeah. He wasn't even planning on doing anything other than putting him in the MLS. And then I started asking him basic questions about, you know, how hard is it to sell listings in your marketplace right now? He said, I'll put one of these for sale and I'll have like 30 or 40 competing offers. So that ex- that tells me that there's at least 30 or 40 buyers who are ready to buy that house. Mm-hmm. Why don't you do an open house? Why don't you actually call? Why don't you make some effort? We made a little mini plan for him to go after and double end his own listings. And then he actually told me, this is what he told me, in Virginia, we're not allowed to double end our own listings. Well, that took me about two seconds of Googling to prove that wasn't correct. So isn't that fascinating? So here's a guy who is a listing agent who's about to put four houses for sale, and he didn't naturally think, well, I should be selling all those myself, which is what every listing agent should be thinking and is thinking for the most part, which is putting more pressure um, on essentially the sort of, I don't know, at least the ice age for the buyer agent side of the business. True. You know, and but well, that's because what, they're missing the point. They, the, a lot of the stuff that we teach them. Okay, let's be clear on this. We know it, for most cases in most markets, you can, you know, I mean, some of them aren't even putting signs in the yard, right? Along the same lines of being, you know, well, not I, proactive. But but they're missing the point. They think that it's so because we're worried about you selling the house. We are trying to take care of you and your lead generation. Right. And so what I told him, the first thing he needs to do is put a 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM yep. sign writer on the top of every one of his signs. And I'm, I don't want to talk about that on this podcast, but just go to 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM, 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM, and you guys will see what I'm talking about. I said, when you do that, you will easily be able to double end your own listing because the buyers are driving the neighborhoods anyway. You put a sign in the yard. He wasn't even putting signs in the yard, by the way, because he knew it would sell so fast. Um, but here's but here's the script, and this is part of the scripts that Julie was just talking about. When a buyer shows up in your life, you call them back urgently, immediately. We call it furiously fast lead follow-up. You call that buyer back, and within the first question or two, you ask this question, right? They're going to call. Maybe they, you know you call three eight hundred home hotline. You call them back, and you say this, you know, 
Ring, ring, hello, this is the buyer answering. Hi, this is Tim Harris with ABC Realty. As a courtesy, when people call our 800 number, we like to give them a quick call back to see if they have any questions about the home they called about. And then the buyer will always be a little bit shocked that someone actually, especially a real estate agent, uh, called them back right away. And then this is off the 800homehotline.com writer, so make sure you go to the website and check it out. And then they're gonna say, well, what's the current asking price on the house? And, you, and you're gonna say, let me check to see the current asking price and uh, make sure it's not sold yet. And then you ask this question. It's question number two. Oh, by the way, which house in the neighborhood are you thinking about selling? Now we want you to urgently, immediately go to the listing conversation because we want you to be listing agents. Now here's what I do know. If Brian follows the coaching that he paid me to tell him to do, he will generate from those four listings, probably at least another four listings, but he'll probably do at least 10 transactions. So from those four listings, from those four listings, if he double double ends all of them, which he could do in this market, there's eight transactions and he could pick up easily another two listings, if not more. So that's the thing you guys got to think about. There's the buyers, what in depending on the price range, 50, 60% of them are going to have houses to sell. And why aren't you ferreting those out? I know why, because you don't have a script. You don't know what questions to ask. You're not acting professionally. And because you're afraid that you're going to have to find them a house if they're buyers, which we addressed in a four-part podcast series last week. So you can't have that as an excuse either. And remember, if you have not yet downloaded and completed your 2021 business plan, please text 2021 to 47372. Text 2021 to 47372. And when you do that, we're going to text you back, not just a link to the real estate treasure map, which is our downloadable and completable right uh, business plan, business and life plan. But we're also going to send you a copy of Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate, which is Napoleon Hill's uh, public domain version of his great book uh, with a lot of added real estate content. And these are free. So just text 2021 to 47372. Go ahead and do that now. Text 2021 to 47372. Okay, so the next one, sometimes you deal with, sometimes you don't, but you still need to know the answer. What were what happens if it doesn't sell or if they don't get, quote, their price? In this market, they probably will get their price, but there is always a limit to that. And I would I would modify that a little bit to ask what happens if it sells instantly? What happens if it sells in a month? What are your current plans? That kind of ties hand in hand into the previous question. What is the actual strategy? And this is all in our, our seller pre-qualification script, guys, that Premier Coaching clients get. All right. And the final point, how did they happen to call you or you to call them? Track your sources of business. Use your whiteboard the way we teach you in Premier Coaching. It's called Whiteboards and Visual Accountability to know where your business comes from. It makes a lot of sense to go do more of what is working and less of what is not working. And here's the interesting thing about that is that you're going to always be wrong what the source of the business was unless you ask. Uh, and for the reasons we are giving you examples of before, you're going to naturally gravitate towards uh, maybe the ad that you just ran, whereas the reality of it was it was a referral from a neighbor. So we tell this story occasionally in the podcast, but it's interesting. So we had this gal named Kelly that worked for us when we sold real estate. And we walked into our little office once and Kelly was in the midst of completing a seller pre-qualification uh, interview, basically. She had a stack of these very scripts that we're talking about. And it was, a, a again, it was a it was a qualification thing. They asked, she asked questions, they answered that. And she's done enough times that she was able to do it mostly conversationally. But she wasn't completely paying attention to the fact that she just asked the seller, so why are you calling Tim and Julie, um, you know, for the job of selling your home? And then she asked the same question twice. She asked it a second time. The first time they said something like a, a, a sign or something. I don't remember the real reason or the primary reason. But then when she asked it again, same exact question, asked the same exact person, 
you know, millisecond later, they said, well, my neighbor down the way told me that I should call them. Ah, so it was a referral. Now that from that accident, basically, we realized that we had been tracking false information for what the sources of the business were. And we were doing um, some trackable, you know, lead generation, but we were doing like, you can't necessarily track when a referral comes your way between two people that you didn't instigate, right? Or you can't track whether someone just was tracking you and saw you sell a bunch of houses in the neighborhood just from all your sold signs. So you, but you've always got to drill down and even signs are an interesting thing. Well, why did you call Tim and Julie for the job of selling your house? And they'll say, well, I see their sold signs, but then you, again, you drill down and then you almost always like 99.9% .9 of the time, it's going to be a, there's a secondary reason that's actually more powerful than the primary reason. And what we did discover and what you will discover as well, it's never from the marketing and advertising. It's almost that you will, and this is what your branding gurus will tell you, mm -hmm. the marketing and advertising reinforces the, uh, the other uh, primary lead sources. And that's not really true. That's just a big lie. In other words, you'd get the business anyway, even without the TikTok videos. You would have the access to that information or those people would still call you even if you didn't do some sort of you know Mickey Mouse on social. Again, you don't know that because you don't have the business experience to know that. But just trust me when I tell you, you have a limited amount of time, a limited amount of money. Put it towards things that are going to make you a proactive lead generator. Learn how to be the best version of yourself as a real estate sales professional. And then laugh at all this other stuff as we sort of, you know, we don't really laugh at it. We feel sorry for the agents that are actually believing it. That's, that's where our hearts go. And then I go to whether or not I want to be mad at the people that are selling the snake oil. Do they know they're selling snake oil and they're doing it anyway, or do they just not know? They probably, I think it's, I think a lot of them don't know. They just are following the pattern and following, you know, there's probably a playbook where somebody calls to complain, this isn't working. And they turn to a page and they go, well, you haven't done it long enough. Right. And if that doesn't work, then you haven't done it broad enough, you know, and you have to upgrade and you have to add on this and that. And, you know, it's easy to believe that. Because you, the caller, the real estate professional, are not a, quote, marketing guru. So how would you know? It's easy to believe in that Here, stuff. Here's another litmus test to know you're being so, sold snake oil. If mm -hmm. they're positioning whatever they're trying to sell versus being a proactive lead generator, that is telling you that they're trying to placate your ego. In other words, they know you're fearful of learning how to do the real work of real estate. So they're catering their message to rationalize that you never have to learn how to do the real work of oh, real you mean estate. Like when it says, no, never cold call again. Exactly. That kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And that stuff is yeah. everywhere. It is. Learn because to they run, know that, that they're susceptible to Learn it. to run this simple Facebook funnel and you'll never have to <sighs> learn how to pick up the phone. Yeah, right. Stuff like that. It's a lie. Don't you guys realize that? Of course it is. They're just trying to sell you, you know, Shells and beads and whatever <laughs> the hell oil. else. Cat hair. All right. Well, I have to get ready for Facebook Live. Yes, so. you do. Oh, that means you want me to shut up. Well, you wrap. Let's wrap. Let's, <laughs> I'm using a script on you, you see. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> All right. So it's working too, Julie. I didn't even realize your script was so... Pers yeah, is, yeah. Just there you go. 30 minutes. All right, good. So listen, guys. Thank you for continuing to make this, believe it or not, the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents in at least the United States. We're being listened to in over 60 countries every single day, which is extraordinary. Um, and we are a, certainly part of the EXP family. If you guys are thinking about joining EXP, you're looking for the right brokerage, but more importantly, you're looking for the right sponsor, please do consider Julie and I. We are formally applying for the job of being your EXP sponsor. Just text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow.
This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.